Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Who put this order of worship together? That's what I want to know, that I have to follow this family right here. You guys won't remember anything after what just happened. Well, Merry Christmas, one and all. We are so very honored that you are with us tonight. I was thinking that perhaps the Lord will give us extra points for coming out to Christmas Eve service when it's less than 10 degrees and the Eagles are playing the Dallas Cowboys. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Put your phones away, please. Well, we're here for the light of the world. The psalmist David said, your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God and your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, David says, you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God, the children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. David concludes Psalm 36 this way, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light do we see light. Let's pray. O Lord, tonight, I pray that you would illuminate our hearts to see and to be satisfied with the light and the life of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, God, I pray that you would bless us tonight with divine insight into the blessed meaning of that humble manger and feed us with your holy truth as we pray this together in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 You know, the real message of Christmas is all about a life-giving, life-changing light from heaven. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I would encourage you to grab them and open with me to the fourth gospel, that is the gospel of John, and to the twelfth chapter of John's gospel. Find your way down to verse 44. John chapter 12, verse 44 through verse 50 will be our text this Christmas Eve. If you're using the Pew Bible there, it's page 899. As you're finding your place there, the verses that I'd like to read for us this evening, tonight, are some of Jesus' very last words that he uttered, which I think is itself significant for us to consider The last words that Jesus spoke publicly to the people of Israel before he was arrested and before Jesus was uh, tried in that sham mockery of a trial and ultimately before Jesus was crucified for us there outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Here we have, at least for the gospel writer John, what amounts to a holy summary of all the Lord Jesus' teaching that he had taught publicly for some three years of a public ministry now nearly 2,000 years ago. And importantly, this incredible passage, which is actually perfect for a Christmas Eve candlelight service such as this, Jesus is not only making a great statement and claim about himself, he's making a statement about us. 
about sinful and rebellious human beings like you and like me? What does it mean that Jesus alone is the light of the world? What are the implications for Christmas Day, or for any day for that matter, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through Him? One of the verses that one of the young people read is John chapter 3, verse 19. It's a very appropriate verse for this evening. John says, and this is the judgment that light has come into the world. And the people loved darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Dear friend, Christmas is all about the arrival of a light, the light of Jesus. But Christmas also includes a sobering and solemn verdict that people like us, we prefer darkness over the light. Would you hear now the word of God beginning in John chapter 12 and verse 44? And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. Note verse 46 in particular. Jesus declares, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Thanks be to God for his life-giving and life-changing word. May he write its eternal truths on our heart tonight. It was Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher in London, who said many, many years ago at this point that where the darkness is the deepest, there the light shines the brightest. Maybe you're like me and you love to look at Christmas lights this time of year. I don't like the fact that it gets dark so early, four o'clock when we change the clocks, but I do love the fact that the night is illuminated with lovely, lovely lights. I'm grateful for the dads who aren't like me, who put up beautiful light displays at their home. I, I have a little system called Lazy Lights. It's a single little bulb that shines up at the house and, and sort of rotates little dots on the house. And it's a pretty pathetic light display, but it's about all I can do. I'm grateful for the other fathers who freeze themselves to death doing great light displays. But there's a light display in this passage that we need to consider. The first thing we need to understand tonight is the great implication that Jesus being the true light of the world is that to reject Jesus, to say that he's not from the Father, to choose a different way and not to believe in him 
is then to be a part of a race of people, to be of mankind in a complete condition of utter spiritual darkness. In other words, to begin with, the light of Jesus Christ uniquely at Christmas reveals some bad news about the rest of us, that we are sinful beings. This fundamentally, guys, is why Jesus Christ came at Christmas. We've been working through here at Trinity different reasons why He came. He came to show us a way out of spiritual darkness and death. It's the reason why He came. You know, sometime earlier in Jesus' public ministry, during another of the Jewish festivals where the people went up to Jerusalem, including Jesus and His disciples, Jesus made the very same astonishing declaration that we read in John 12. He makes it in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, the text says, and again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is one of the seven great I am statements of the gospel of John. Jesus says, there's not just a light coming. He says, I am the light of the world. The fact of the matter is, if this is news to you tonight, and it might be for some, that Jesus is the light of God that has stepped into human flesh and into humanity's darkness in order to lead us safely home. Jesus came to lead us home. Think for just a brief moment about all that you can't do so well in the dark without the presence of light. For example, without light, you can't really see where you are headed or where you are going. Imagine trying to travel to the church tonight without the headlights of your car on. Maybe some of you try to do that. You shouldn't do that. It's perilous and it's dangerous to try to drive about in darkness, is it not? This is why the scriptures declare that God would send a choice servant, even the Messiah. He prophesied through Isaiah 700 years before the birth that we celebrate tomorrow morning, even tonight. In Isaiah 42, verse 16, the Bible says, And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light and the rough places into level ground. Isaiah is speaking of Jesus. Again, this is where John's own amazing prologue begins at the beginning of his gospel. Back in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, words we read earlier tonight. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It may look like the darkness has overcome the light of Jesus, but it hasn't. Listen, not only can you not see where you're going, but without light, you can't really see who you are. Try shaving or putting on your makeup in the dark sometime. Hopefully nobody did that here tonight. You ever try to get dressed in the dark, mismatching socks, different colored, you know, a, a, a blue blazer with black pants? I might have done that a time or two. 
Someone said, bright light is a mixed blessing. While it frees us from the oppression of darkness, it also reveals the ugly flaws and the imperfections that had previously remained hidden in the shadows. As the light of the world, Jesus Christ reveals the rottenness of human sin. You know, some of us would prefer not to be near the light of Jesus because our deeds are evil. We are wicked. Candidly, this explains, again, from the prologue of John's gospel, John 1, 9, and following, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Can you even imagine being a part of the people of Israel, knowing the prophecies, knowing the promises, and then rejecting Jesus as Messiah? We would have done the same thing. We would have all done the very same thing. Our hearts are so black with sin tonight that when God came and wrapped in human flesh as a tiny baby at Christmas, the world did not even recognize him to be God in the flesh. Look, without the true light, we are tempted to believe that no one else, perhaps not even God himself, sees the evil things that we do. We think we can get away with unrighteousness and lawlessness when we do it in the dark. The sins of lies and lusts, the secret sins and the sexual sins. God sees it all, regardless of the level of the light, because Jesus is the light. This is why we so desperately needed Christmas Day, why we so desperately needed the Lord Jesus to step out of heaven and to step into this world, because men love the darkness rather than the light. Listen, unto people who were utterly lost, to people left all to themselves to grope about on, in the darkness and the spiritual filth of their own immorality and injustice, to people left to devour themselves in violence and greed and self-righteousness, to people left to their racism and their hate and their envy, God sent light to show the way home. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Again, Isaiah hopefully proclaims seven hundred years before it even happens. Isaiah 9 verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And dear friend, light has a name. That name is Jesus. He is the light of the world. See, Christmas begins with a cold and stark reminder. The verdict that as human beings, we naturally love the darkness instead of the light. But as it turns out, there is a second point in this passage, I think equally important. You see, the light of Christ reveals, yes, man's deep Desperate condition, but 
Lastly and secondly tonight, it also reveals to us the amazing depths of God's love for dark lovers. God's love for sinful people. Jesus' light exposes, but Jesus' light also heals. It shows us the love of God. Listen, the Bible says that God demonstrates His own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. Moreover, John writes in his first epistle, not the gospel, but his first letter, 1 John 4, 9, in this the love of God was revealed, made manifest among us, that God sent his only son in the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that fully satisfactory atonement for our sins. We're back in John 12, where Jesus simply puts it this way, I have come into the world as light in order that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Listen to me. Remaining in darkness is a choice that people make. And you don't have to make that choice. God has sent the light that you might step into the light by faith in Jesus Christ. I've loved the story about the Scottish novelist Robert Louis Stevenson. Stevenson, of course, the one who wrote classics like Treasure Island and The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He grew up in Scotland He was a younger boy in the 1850s, teenager in the 1860s. In those days, street lamps didn't just turn on automatically, children. I hope you realize that. Rather, each evening, the lamplighters would go out and do their work, climbing their ladders and lifting the glass lid to the lamp and lighting the torch and shutting the lid and climbing down, then moving on to the next lamp. And it's told that young Stevenson was enthralled by this sight one evening with his parents. And he said to his parents, look, mom and dad, they're punching holes in the darkness. Jesus came as a lamp lighter, even as the lamp itself, to punch holes in our darkness to give light and life to all who believe. The truth behind this very night is that Jesus willingly came into our darkness in order to love us and to show us how to live a life that pleases the Lord. Acts chapter 16, verse 31, somebody asks a great question, what must I do to be saved? And the answer is this, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Jesus came as the light of the world to lead us back to the Father's love. Jesus came as the light of the world to heal our brokenness and to dispel our darkness. Simply put, Jesus came as the light that you and I so desperately need. As we've sung beautifully tonight, you guys have sung so well, as you've heard beautiful verses from the New Testament about God's Word and His Son. 
about the angels showing up in the skies to reveal to shepherds that God's baby boy had come, that peace was here at last, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What an astonishing announcement. Peace in the place of punishment. Harmony for those who deserved harm. And love for lost people wrapped in a package of light. What a story. As I finish this Christmas Eve message tonight, I simply remind you that the light of Jesus Christ reveals the goodness and the grace of God for you. The Bible unapologetically states it very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. With ourselves as your servants for his sake, for God who said, let light shine in out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus alone, friend, is the radiance of the glory of God. And no other light shows us the heart of God's love for sinners like Jesus. No other light. Jesus alone is the authentic light of God, of His grace and of His goodness. There's nothing fake. There's nothing artificial about the love of this Savior, the only Savior. His love is pure. His life is holy. He came for you. God's solution to man's spiritual plight was to send light, the light of Jesus. God sent the one and only Son who is the light and is life itself. He stepped into our mess. He stepped into our brokenness that we might be at peace and feel his love. This is the Christmas story. That light came to defeat the darkness. And that light has a name. His name is Jesus. Only have one question for you tonight. It's simply this. Do you believe that Jesus is the light? Have you accepted him yourself? Have you turned to him in faith? Because he stepped out of heaven to redeem people like you and I who love darkness rather than the light. Let's bow in prayer. Almighty God and Father, we thank you so very much that you have sent light for us. The Bible says, I am writing a new command, which is true in him and it is in you, but darkness is passing away, for the true light is already shining. Oh God, what a travesty it would be for someone to be in this room tonight, to hear these songs, to hear this message, to hear these scriptures read earlier, and to miss light himself. If there's even one here tonight, Lord, who is still groping about in darkness, would your Holy Spirit draw that sinner home? Cause them, Lord, to have repentance unto everlasting life. Cause them to be born again to a new relationship and hope in heaven with you. Almighty God, for those of us that already know Jesus Christ, help us to embrace his light and to walk in the light of his truth. 
We are different people because Jesus Christ has changed us. Lord, help us to be people who walk according to the light, no longer in deeds of darkness, for your glory and really for the good of others, that they might see Jesus' life and light in us and so turn and be saved. Lord, help us to stand with all those who embrace the light of Christ this Christmas. May we turn to him for life as we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.